Welcome to the Radical Flow podcast. My name is Angela. Radical Flow is flow that's on a mission, and that mission is to create a much better reality for us all. Welcome to episode 49. The first time I ever entered into a yoga teacher's training was back in 2008 in Sedona, Arizona at the Seven Centers Yoga Arts Center. And when we began, my teacher, Shraddha, started by talking to us about creating an invisible ashram. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with the term ashram, it's a place of deep meditation and practice. It's a container for people to go deep into self-exploration, into transformation. It's a sacred container. And so an invisible ashram is the idea of the container. It's creating parameters in your mind and in your focus that allows you to have the same qualities as that ashram. So I remember thinking, okay, I don't really understand why we're doing this, but you know, I'm here to learn, so I'm following along. And so Shraddha began to give examples of what happens when we don't create a solid container for our transformations. And so she talked about prior uh, teacher trainings when she and her former partner had first started teaching. And so they talked about one training where the group started to go into deep practice. And of course, these deep practices started to provoke all kinds of things from the cellular tissues up into the surface of their awareness. And this one girl who was in the training began to question her upcoming wedding. So she'd come to this yoga teacher's training she was at, and you know, a month or so after the training, she was going to be married. And so the wedding was in its progress of planning, invitations had been sent, the venue was booked, flowers were chosen, music, everything was kind of laid out already in advance for this wedding. But as this girl started to dive deep into her tissues and into her energy pathways, her insecurities and her prior memories and maybe even some memories that were coming from her DNA, her ancestral memories, all of her samskaras, as they're called, the impressions in our mind and in our, our, our setup, our bodies, started to surface. And of course, this rocked her structure. It rocked her confidence. It would be kind of like, you know, taking a, you know, a jackhammer to the earth and just vibrating and pounding on this earth element. It starts busting up the solidity of, of the patterns that make the earth up and starts to break it up, right? Well, the same is true for these deep practices. It started to break up and fragment and bring up the information that she held right down to the root chakra, the earth element. So what happened? She started canceling her wedding. She would leave a practice, get on the phone with her partner, and tell him all the reasons why she didn't think they should get married. She would be upset and in tears and, and in a dramatic state, and then she would return to her mat and work it all out on her mat in the next few moments. 
only her poor partner was left thinking that she was in turmoil and that their relationship and pending marriage was in turmoil. Well, this happened repetitively for her throughout the practice to the point where she officially canceled the wedding, sent the ring back to her fiance, and decided that there was no way that she was gonna get married. Well, that was only midway through this long, beautiful teacher's training. And so as she worked through the next week and a half, she resolved all of these issues that had risen to the surface for her to really see from really good, fresh perspectives. And when she got to the end of that week and a half, she realized that she loved her fiance more than she could ever have imagined and in ways that she hadn't done before. But when she reached out to him to explain that she had resolved all of this and she was feeling so much better, he was in a state of saying, no, I'm not going backwards. I'm not marrying you. Pretty sad story, don't you think? And now that story might make some people think, well, why on earth would I ever want to go do one of these trainings if it's going to you know, toss my whole life and psyche and emotions up in a, you know, a big storm and then settle itself back down? And that's a legit question. It, it might not be for everybody. But what these trainings do is they give you a chance to really deep down have a look at what you're made of and then consciously choose who you want to be, how you want to show up, and how you can make sense and give fresh, more aware perspectives to what's happened to you and where you're heading and what you're creating. And to do that, you need an ashram. You need a container. You need a place to hold you and contain you in that. So my first teacher's training in the spring of 2008, Shraddha started off by talking about this wonderful, invisible ashram that we were going to create. And why? Because we weren't living on site. We were living off campus and coming every day to these practices. If we had lived on site, we would have had a physical ashram. But the individual, or sorry, the invisible ashram related to how we communicated with the outer world. So we had to promise no major decisions during the transformation period. We had to sign a piece of paper to pledge that we would not end a marriage or quit a job or make any huge decisions in any way during that time frame, because the process started on the beginning day and it put a bookmark on the end day and the action was complete only when that end day had come. And so she teased and she said, this protection of you know, choosing not to make these big decisions is not just for you, it's for the people who love you. And then she also requested that unless it be really necessary, like if you had little children that you needed to talk with, she asked that we not communicate with our you know, outside family and friends more than once a week. And again, 
you know, of course, there are circumstances where that would have to be more, and it wasn't like she was trying to stop us from being connected. It was to, in her words, protect them from us. <laughs> because, again, we, people tend to reach out when they're feeling in turmoil, when they're feeling, you know, out of control. And so her fear was that we would alarm our people on the outside and then come back and resolve it in the next practice, only we'd be leaving those people worrying about us, wondering what was happening with us. And so she asked us to be extremely mindful of this container and how important and powerful this container was. Now, the next thing that comes with an invisible ashram and comes with this kind of depth is that you're, if you're doing this in a group, you have the power and connection of the group. And so the group itself becomes the support system for you. And whether that just be that they're there to witness what you're going through and stay neutral and just hold a space for you, or whether they're there to encourage you, to help uplift you, to understand you, maybe even to you know, share some of their experience or give you uh, words of their own wisdom to support you. The internal nature of that container is incredibly supportive. So why am I talking to you about this on the Radical Flow podcast today? Because we're all going through transformations continuously in our lives. And what would happen if you set up your own invisible ashram around some kind of transformation that you're working on? Maybe you're, you know, working on eating better or exercising better, or maybe you're working on, you know, cleaning up all of your possessions and going through all of your things. Maybe you're working on a new creative project, on a piece of art or music. Maybe you're in your own business and you're brainstorming ideas and ways that you can market and communicate or services and opportunities that you can provide um, for, for your clients. Maybe you're, you've got something that's going from a current state to a fresh new transformed state, whether it's an idea coming into fruition, whether it's a habit that's being altered. Whatever it is, transition is all around us. Well, what would happen if you just took a moment at the start of your project, or if you're in the middle of it right now, while you're in the middle of it, and you just declared, I'm creating an invisible ashram around this creation. If I'm birthing something artistic or creative or innovative in, you know, to my, you know, my expression or into a service or a product or, or a change or a habit, whatever it is, I'm going to put a container around it. So it's almost like an incubator, a place for it to grow, a place that's protected and nurtured from outside influence a place that you get to decide who it comes into that container and shares this experience with you, where you get to also, you know, give yourself time to work through whatever is going to come up for you in this creative process, in this habit-changing process, 
whatever's going to come up for you to have its time to work itself out. Now, often what we do when we're in transformations or creations is we have coaches and guides. We have teams. We have, um, you know, maybe it's a workshop. Maybe it's a, a cohort. Maybe it's a mastermind, right? So oftentimes we're also in groups in our projects. So there are other people involved. And so we keep our we keep our container tight to that group. We honor the privacy of what happens in the container. We, we hold space for all parties that are involved in that container. We, when you create a beautiful container for transformation, then you can relax. You can feel safe. You can feel held. Your project has a needed structure in order to hold it together. There's nothing worse than starting a creative project, sharing it with your excitement to the outer world, and having people come back and tell you how to make it different, tell you how they would do it, or tell you what they don't like about what you're doing. It taints the creative process that you're in. When I wrote my first book, my writing coach, Tom, immediately said, nobody reads your book but me. Don't share your writing with anyone. There's nothing that will more quickly diffuse your own voice and your confidence than sending it to a loved one to read. You believe that they're going to give you this wonderful feedback, but they love you. And so they're going to put it through their filter, and they're going to try to see it through their own eyes. And it isn't their book. It's yours. Put it in a container. Keep the container tight. Allow it its chance to go through its transformations beautifully before you open it up. And you know, of course, the butterfly is the easiest analogy. We don't crack open the you know, encasement of that caterpillar while it's transforming into the butterfly. We let it break itself open when it's ready. Just the same as a chicken coming out of an egg. Build containers around whatever you're transforming in your life. Do it intentionally. Write it out. Figure out its parameters. Are you going to share the information with someone? Is it going to be someone who's an expert who can help you? Is it like a coach or a mentor or some research that you need to access? Is it some other talents or skills that you need to collaborate with in your transformation or project? Are you changing habits? Do you, do you have what you need in your container to make those changes? Or do you need maybe books or, um, you know, um, groups that help to keep you aligned with your goals? Like, what do you need to create the best container that you can use for your transformations? It's a great question. It's a great practice. And it can be one of the most important starting points to any creation that you're in, any transformation you're in. So even if you're already in the middle of something, stop and create that invisible ashram, that container for you and your transformation. Thank you.
for listening to the Radical Flow podcast. It always means the world to me that you do. And until next time, we'll see you in the flow.